0: I have often dreamed of a far off place where a great warm welcome will be waiting for me and the crowds will cheer when they see my face and a voice keeps saying this is where I'm meant to be I am on my way I can go the distance. Da, 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 da. Of course. I forgot the words Welcome to the Upper
1: Discussion podcast My name is Tim Blay. I'm Tom Zlatanai, this is the 111th episode It's our
0: 111th episode This is
1: our Jefferson Beauregard Sessions The third episode of the podcast um, Is his middle name really Beauregard? Yeah, you don't, that's what you're taking issue with Not him being the third
0: <laughs> I can believe that Beauregard is a bit of a stretch to me
1: that's We've true. got a we've, we've got, got a, a person A cool person uh, She's She's the season two winner of Canada's Smartest Person. She's an improviser. She's a roller doobie, derby. A roller doobie. <laughs> <laughs> a roller derby enthusiast and a Newfoundlander, Katie Warren.
2: That's me. Hello. Yes.
1: Hi,
0: Katie. Are you are you a, doob- a doobie roller? A roller doobie?
2: Uh, you know what? I think uh, that's uh, one of life's mysteries for now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that as a public persona, you're going to refrain from putting on a public podcast.
2: Yeah, I mean like I'll I'll talk very publicly about my roller derby enthusiasm.
0: But, uh... <laughs> that is fair enough. Yeah, what are you doing like roller derby a lot of roller derby stuff right now?
2: Yeah, I actually uh, right now I am co captain of one of the two Newfoundland roller derby teams. Wow. Um our team is called the NeverSweets, named after a Newfoundland brand of margarine called EverSweet.
3: Hmm.
1: Do do roller derby teams get their names the same way improv teams get their names?
2: Uh like just whoever has the worst pun wins? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Perfect. Uh the Toronto team for a long time was called CN Power.
0: Oh, oh. no, that's not
2: <laughs> I'd
1: call that a CN fail.
0: <laughs> it's not even good. Okay. Um so you're the you're the Never Sweets. Is like is roller derby would you say it's bigger in Newfoundland than in a lot of other places?
2: Oh, I would say it's smaller in Newfoundland than a lot of other places. Hmm. Uh, we currently only have two teams, so we always play against each other.
1: Well, that's good. At least it's more than one team, right? It'd be hard. True. To...
2: Yeah, it would be very lonely if we were one roller derby team on a rock in the middle of the ocean.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess that would that would be a little complicated, especially because roller derby on rock sounds bumpy and potentially painful. Now, roller yeah, derby two rock great. sounds great. Two rock, isn't that? You know. I, thought, I thought disco was the proper music for rollers. I don't know. Katie, what
1: what's the proper music for rollers?
2: Oh, I mean, uh we generally don't use a lot of disco, but that generally is because of the common perception that disco sucks.
0: Mm. Uh, Which is a, I, I have to say disco and country are the most maligned musical genres. There's some good stuff in there. Yeah, I like both.
2: I mean, like I've never <laughs> I've never put time in on either of them, but I've heard mm. some fun discos.
0: Mm. Yeah, can you uh, can you explain to me a little bit what roller derby consists of? Because all I really know is skate around and bash into people.
2: Well, that's you've got most of it right there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the way that it works is each team puts five skaters on the track at a time. Four of them are blockers, and one is a jammer. So it's the jammer's job to pass the people on the other team, and they get a point for each person they pass. Okay. And it's the blocker's job to do. Pretty much whatever they can to stop the jammer from getting past.
0: Huh. Including just, like, skate faster than them, or are they stuck, like, going a certain um, speed? You
2: can, you can do speeding up, but it's usually better to slow down and either make a wall with your bodies or hmm. do uh, some sort of hitting. We usually do either <laughs> shoulder checking or hip checking.
0: Fun. Are,
1: are you allowed to, like, punch and kick, or is that prohibited
2: no no it's it's not so much like old school roller derby that it was more like professional wrestling so it's like you can't hit using your arms below the shoulder and you're not allowed to do any tripping you're not allowed to hit using your head Uh, you're also not allowed to hit people in the head or in the back or below the knees
0: So so this is some sort of like tamed version from what roller derby once was
2: yeah, it definitely used to involve, like, clotheslining and hitting each other with chairs and stuff. But <laughs> oh. it actually,
0: it's wow. a little more
2: athletic now, I guess. A little less theatrics.
0: Huh. So, th- that there's sounds like there could be a market that for that, though. Like, to get a, like, a professional wrestling kind of situation. Where you do all well, that acrobatic stuff, be, but, like, very controlled.
2: Yeah, like, in the 80s, it used to be really big. Like, I know they played it on NTV, which is, to clarify, Newfoundland TV. Not MTV. <laughs> But um, it used to come on on NTV on Sundays. I keep hearing from older people in Newfoundland.
0: (laughs) It's like the thing that they always tell you when you mention roller derby.
2: Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's, oh, I used to watch that on NTV. You know, Skinny Minnie Miller, who was like the one very famous derby girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Just like that. Uh,
1: So would you say that roller derby is like a big part of the culture over there? Or is it just like convenient that you've spoken to some old people who know about it, too?
2: Oh, it's. I would say that it's, it's not a big part of the culture. Like lots of people know what it is from mm. old derby, right. but very few people know what current roller derby is. Hmm.
1: So, like, how many how many people are on like, like a roller derby team? Because you said there's two teams, right?
2: Well, ideally, you roster fourteen people for about. Right. Um, our last one, each team only had eleven people, <laughs> but um, yeah. So. So I guess you can have up to 20 people comfortably on a team.
1: Okay. And then it's it's five on the field at a time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that makes sense. So It's like most other sports where there's kind of like some folks on the bench waiting their turn to get up and shoulder people. And then if you have less yeah, people, you just get really more It's really similar
2: to... numbers to basketball.
1: Mm. Okay, yeah. Mm. That makes sense.
2: But like a very different sport than basketball.
1: Do you think you could bring a basketball out onto the what do you call it a field a pitch uh
2: oh on the track, track. Um, there we go probably not me personally but that's because i'm wildly uncoordinated uh, <laughs> yeah but play- i'm sure there are other people who who could do a combo sport
0: is there yeah there, there might be like roller other roller sports roller basketball is that a thing it might be a thing i'm sure it's know. a thing is does so does derby have like its own internal culture as well like is there a whole bunch of mannerisms that go along with being a derby person?
2: Oh, yeah, it's definitely like um well, it's a bit it's very rooted in uh, like female queer culture is kind of where it got its roots, mm. but it's it's very much like there's very few athletic spaces tailored towards and run by women right so it's it is a very like community based thing where it's like if you see someone else like anywhere and they're wearing a roller derby shirt, you're like, hey, Derby girls, <laughs> hey. It is definitely like a like a link that you have with people, which is cool.
1: Yeah, that's really neat. I didn't know that there was a uh you you said like a, a queer women's background.
2: Yeah, so a lot of it it like I wouldn't say that most people in Derby are queer women, because that's a blanket statement. But sure, um yeah.
0: Right, and it's I not think, like you vet them at the door.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like I'm gonna need to see your card actually. <laughs> but <laughs> no but it is um it's very rooted I guess like more this is probably not the best thing in the world to say but it is more of a butch women's activity right mm. like it's you think of full contact sports and you think of it as a more masculine activity but um yeah so a lot of the viewership traditionally has been in queer culture and a lot of the a lot of the players as well but it, it's a really I, don't know, I find it to be a very neat and accepting community because I find a lot of athletics, it's very like you have to look a certain way and you have to have like a 3% body fat and all this mm-hmm. crap. But right. there is no like right size of a derby girl or right shape, right? So that's something that I find to be very welcoming and kind of exciting about it.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's really liberating too.
0: Hmm. You can just show yeah, up Yeah, because be I'm yourself. definitely
2: like... Yeah, like I'm a person who one would not call built for sports.
0: That's true. You are so then, you're a small individual.
2: Yeah, but it's like in roller derby, I've actually been very thankful that I can kind of physics my way out of my size being a disadvantage.
0: <laughs> well, it's Because it's the old thing with like it's the same sort of thing in football, right? Where you've got you've got different body sizes are also kind of suited to different positions. So, if you mm. you want to block, you need to be in football, anyways, you need you know to be like three hundred pounds. But if you want to run between all the blockers, then it's useful to be small and nimble.
2: Yeah, it is definitely. I am more of a jammer than I am a blocker.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But I've been I've been figuring out recently that me being so much shorter than the other people on the track means that my shoulders are often below their center of gravity. Ooh, yeah. Oh.
3: That's so useful. like
2: there's there's one type of hit you can do. If someone comes by you, like, facing you, where you can hook your shoulder right in that bit at the bottom of your ribcage where it lifts up a little and pick them up. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's how it feels. That noise that you just made, that's, that's exactly what it I feels. felt
1: that viscerally. Yeah. <laughs> so you must have the advantage by being a little shorter than them because you don't have to bend as far, I guess?
2: Yeah, mm. and it's way harder for them to get at my ribcage, too, because it's down, like, by their hips. Right. <laughs>
1: And you're not allowed to hip check people, right? They couldn't do the same oh,
2: yeah. by
0: like digging their hip into your ribcage. Well, but you've got to have a really yeah. sharp hip to get under somebody's <laughs> ribcage. Like I've
2: that's... actually, um, one of the players on my team not wearing skates is about six foot four. Wow. So that's pretty much a full foot taller than me. And right. she has accidentally hip checked me in the face before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Which is just embarrassing for a bunch of reasons.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: but at least embarrassing for both of you
2: true yeah it wasn't just me you know team embarrassment
1: (laughs) yeah team embarrassment is like the reason that I do improv
2: (laughs) yeah it is definitely that's a a source of team-based embarrassment
1: yeah you know it's it's more fun to fail together than to fail alone
2: Mm. Mm. or even to succeed alone sure yeah like I've had lots of solo victories that were way less fun than tanking at improv shows with my friends.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's how we know you is from one of your your most public solo victories.
2: Yeah. On uh,
1: Punk Canada Assmarcast. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know if I would call that a solo victory.
0: <laughs> well, what you you had your your team of. If that's about, I don't know, I feel like that's about as solo as you get. Unless you had someone well, like... At
2: the beginning of every challenge, I don't know if you saw this happen, but Jason would lean in really close and whisper, I'm rooting for you, Katie, I hope you win. <laughs> I so do, I felt uh, like I had him on my team.
0: That's true, that, that is true. But, like, you know, you can root for your opponents. Like, I always I always want my, my sports opponents to do well so that I can crush them and feel better about it. That's oh, true. not me. I yeah? want.
2: I want easy wins.
0: <laughs> I guess there is something
1: more satisfying about winning against someone who's genuinely doing a good job yeah
2: mm, yeah, that's true well mm. that was one thing that made winning the show so unbelievable for me was meeting all of you guys
0: well yeah I mean that was the, like yeah what, what sort of what's been the legacy to you of that whole thing like you know a couple years on now like like what's sort of come out of it
2: uh well I kind of got two work terms because of it in my school program so hmm. that was pretty good. Yeah. Cuz um it aired on a Sunday in like late November. Yeah. And that Tuesday morning I had an interview for a job on campus at my university. And my face was everywhere <laughs> at my It was like the banner of the engineering website so I showed up for the interviews, and the first thing the guy said to me was, oh, you're the smart one, right? <laughs> Which is a phenomenal way to start a job interview. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty good.
0: You've just been certified.
2: Yeah, it's just like, cool, you already think I'm smart? Don't have to trick you. Here we go. <laughs> nice. And then later, last year in the fall, I actually, um, Alex Minea, who was on the finale with us, Yeah. Uh, I had applied for a job at BlackBerry. And he messaged me and he was like, who's the hiring manager? And then went and found the guy and like harassed him into interviewing me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. Alex is a good guy.
2: Such a good guy. Like and like went and looked at an apartment for me to make sure it wasn't sketchy and like did a very I'm very thankful for um the contacts and the I I hesitate to call it network of people that <laughs> I've met, but
0: just like be- just, be- But only just- because network has the-, the scummy sort of networking associations to it.
2: Yeah, because, well, it's like, yeah. I'm not thankful because I get stuff out of you guys. Like, I'm <laughs> thankful because you're in my network, right? Like- <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you are getting this prestigious podcast episode, so, you know.
2: True. I am about to blow up, so uh-huh. there's that.
0: It's true. Potentially a hundred
1: people will hear this.
2: <laughs> Let's just hope I don't say anything like extra stupid
1: then Mm. just basic levels of stupid yeah
2: yeah just my standard dumb
0: and that's fine we can you know as you said we can fail together we're on the same team (laughs) and it'll it'll draw us together i do think there's something in that like like even there's there's a way in which i find that i'm i i'm closer to someone the first time that they prove me wrong Hmm. like (laughs) It's like, it's like the fact that you can be really wrong about something with somebody and then they still like you and you're still friends. It's like, oh yeah, this is, this is cool. This is going to stick. So Like, I don't know. There's something about like, like failure and then being okay with it is more socially bonding than success maybe.
1: Hmm. And it's definitely more of a, a way to grow as a person.
0: Yeah. Mm. But you sort of reach another level with, with that person. Hmm. It's like, true
2: because okay. i guess that's when you're sure you don't need to be embarrassed around them
0: yeah hmm. it's like well this isn't gonna be worse than that one thing i did right and then you've got a story too <laughs> depending on how bad it is have you uh katie have you have you found that like did did smartest person do anything for because i i just sort of presume that every smart person i know has imposter syndrome um Mm, and yep, the way yep, you yep, the yep. way you talk about yourself as your usual levels of dumb, I imagine that that applies to you a little bit was like was smartest person like helpful for that? Because I found that it was a weird confidence booster for me, like even though it was this super strange fake, you know, what <laughs> whatever it was, it was a reality show. But I think seeing the company of it, it wasn't so much the, the show, but the company that I was with and realizing that all those people were like really great and genuinely smart. I was like, oh maybe I'm okay. I don't know well, what do yeah, you think?
2: I think I think it was a big a moment of validation for me. Cause even on my first episode, mm. um with Andrew and Petros and Nayla, mm-hmm. I walked into this room with these three brilliant people and I was like, "Cool, yep, I was right. They only wanted me here to have Newfoundland representation." I was like, well, first, that's fine, and that was like because I walked into that room and saw three brilliant people and myself, and I immediately was like, "Oh no, I'm just here for numbers." <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, dear. Then,
2: yeah, the experience of like being at the same level as those guys was a huge moment of like, "Wait a minute, I'm not just here for numbers." <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think I, I had that same feeling with my first episode, actually, because all of, yeah, um, Ira and Marielle and Marianne are like, Marianne in particular is, is shockingly quick. And like, like, all three of them are, like, they're kind of the way that you three were in our finale in that they're like super bantery and like incredibly quick. And I was, I was the one that was
2: claiming to not be the bantery one on our episode.
0: Between the four of us, I think I was the non-bantery one (laughs) in our episode. Like, who else would you put in your category? Like, Jason is the most charismatic person in the world, and Anthony will talk about anything all the time, and you're (laughs) really good at, you know, speaking. So,
2: see, I'm reasonably sure you made me laugh so hard I put water out my nose twice.
0: Yeah, In like
2: two days, which is a strong record.
0: But I think that's something about like being like being with people who are really enthusiastic and together and clever. Like it brings out the best in you.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like I always like to be not the funniest person in the room. Like if I'm, you know, when I'm doing improv with people, I like to be seeing people who I think are funnier than me so that I can kind of be pulled up
0: toward them. Right. Yeah. It makes you better. Yeah.
2: I love going into into an improv scene being like a bench or something (laughs) like obviously I like doing actual improv but I'm a big fan of just like being surrounded by hilarity
1: and just being furniture or like background art
2: yeah like I think that that's a I find it very enriching Uh, because like most of the time when I'm doing improv I'm just trying to learn from the people that I'm doing it with Mm. so I I, I definitely find it good sometimes just kind of like get to watch and see what's happening
1: definitely what's the uh what's the improv scene like out there
2: um small but feisty okay. uh, <laughs> feisty yeah, well, like there's really only one regularly performing group, but there's uh like everybody who's been involved there's a high school tournament called the Canadian improv games, right, and kind of everybody who's been involved with that is like. Yes, we're all best friends forever and we love improv the most. Good. Got it. Let's rock. <laughs> right. So Yeah, it, like it's a it's a small community, but it's um I think it's a very interesting one because Newfoundland has a big a big basis in kind of oral history and storytelling. Right. So the way that people do improv here compared to other places I've lived, like compared to Ottawa and even like compared to the stuff that I've seen in Toronto. It's way more like narrative mm. and kind of based in like story arcing.
1: Oh yeah. I yeah, you know so that definitely... that resonates with me. Like our our theater at uh, Montreal Improv is like very heavily narrative focused. Uh like even even when people are doing like heralds and Armando's they end up feeling like narrative by the end of it. Because that's just the culture that we have around us.
2: Yeah, I've been told that Montreal Improv is similar but much more advanced um, to the way that it is in Newfoundland.
0: Right. Tom just did a very uh, a puffing up his chest shirt pole kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you oh,
1: call like this that. advanced,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, because, like, Montreal is the place for improv, as far as I've heard. It's like Montreal and Toronto is where it's popping.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think th- that sounds right to me. Like, most of the the advanced people at our theater, uh, perform a lot in Toronto as well.
2: Yeah. I saw a, um, I saw a duo that I think is based in Montreal mm. a while ago play in Toronto and they did, they did an action movie.
1: Oh, uh, was it easy action?
2: It was easy action. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mark and Roland and Brent the, Skagford.
2: Mm. Yeah. I was in Toronto for like an improv festival and they mm-hmm. taught one of our workshops, but nice. they also did a show in the evening and I, like I couldn't understand how people could be that good at improv. Like I was, I, like I just didn't understand what was going on yeah. in their brain.
1: Those Mark. guys are like ridiculously talented. I've taken a bunch of courses with Mark, and he's like, he's he's so good at everything. It's, Mark Roland,
0: is he, is he the bald one? He's the bald, muscly guy. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was in that the musical, right? Yeah, that's right. He was so, in. Uh, so what's the troop of their? What's the troop that did the musical? What were they called? Uh it was just the board of directors. Okay. It was the people who founded the school. So so they, Katie, they did this like full-on narrative improv musical it was like 40 minutes or something It was like 20 20 minutes it felt long yeah Um, but it felt (laughs) long and good and like it it just (laughs) blew me away because they had this mechanic where where someone would say what was it tell me about that yeah um and then the the music guy would just start playing some chords and they'd burst into song and they like not only were they phenomenal and like like the details of of like bringing rhymes in and making the songs really funny, but they tied up everything so perfectly at the end. It felt like it I felt like someone had spent like a month writing it. Yeah. It was really good.
2: Yeah, musical improv is such magic. <laughs> well, cuz to me it's like I understand improv, but mm. music is something that's still kind of it like a mystery to me. Right. So the concept of doing both at once is just like, ha, what's happening?" Yeah. Hold
1: on. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like you you have to you have to get good at like improvising lyrics, basically, right? So if you if you freestyle a lot, or if you just regularly write silly little songs about stuff, that helps a lot. And then you know, for for a narrative improv thing, I think the thing that ties it together the most is just knowing how to do a narrative successfully, right? Like being able to find sort of plot points and story arcs and have things kind of come together in the end.
2: Hmm. We had a game we used to play. We used to have a radio show on like our university campus radio. uh, That was like a two-hour improv show. Wow. But um. Yeah, nobody listened to it. it (laughs)
0: So that takes the pressure off, anyways.
2: Yeah, exactly. It was just like just me and my friends. But we used to play a game called Kick It. (laughs) Which is basically you're doing a regular scene, and whoever's hosting the show at any point can go kick it and you have to rap about whatever you were just saying
1: oh no that's fantastic
2: (laughs) and i am what you might call not a rapper (laughs) it was just like there was a few people who were really good at it and i always ended up playing because i loved it it was one of my like failing joyfully Mm. high notes for sure but it was like anytime it was happening, I would just start talking really aggressively and blocky, <laughs> and it wasn't rapping, but it was so much fun. Yeah, well,
1: that was like that used to be a regular feature on this show. Actually, it was that Tim and I would put on a crappy beat from a phone and and freestyle over it, and it was never good. It was, it
0: was. Uh, we got a little better as it went on, but I no, I wouldn't say it was ever top notch. But yeah, but it was fun. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's. What you have to do to make improv rap work is to be, again, really okay with failing. <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. you fail a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think every time I did it, it was just like a 30-second string of failures and me going, yeah, at the end <laughs> to signal that I was done rapping. <laughs>
1: That's it. You pull out the air horn and... What, bam, what?
2: Bam. Bam. <laughs> yeah. Yep,
1: yep. Tim, do you want to tell people at home about Patreon? Oh, about halfway I, through the episode? I
0: wonder whether they've ever heard of Patreon. Do you think they have? I don't think, do think they've the, heard of the Patreon. Folks at home know what Patreon is? Katie, have you heard of Patreon?
2: Not even one time. Well, uh-huh. he's,
0: well, well, Katie, let me tell you that Patreon <laughs> is a crowdfunding platform that lets content creators work directly with their audience to create the best possible content at the lowest possible cost to those creators because you're paying our costs. Wow. By going to patreon.com slash up for discussion you can pledge to support us financially and get all sorts of sick perks in return if you pledge more than five dollars you can five dollars per month you can submit topics and questions for us to talk about on future episodes of the show and patrons also get early access to bonus episodes and um, exclusive updates and behind the scenes stuff whatever tom feels like putting into it basically um We have a pledge at the $40 level where you get to name the bear in our logo. It's sort of a rotating cast of rotating names. This week, Kendallin has decided that the bear's name is Saitomim, so that's fun. I have no idea what the heck that means, but it's not
1: the weirdest thing she's named it. I know what that means. <laughs> what is it? It's just our three names smooshed together. What about Johan? Port- she doesn't know about <laughs> Johan. He's new. <laughs> That's true. I guess we can officially announce that as of next week, Johan will be a regular host. Is he? Yeah. Awesome. Congratulations. Welcome
0: to Johan. I guess you were
1: just, you were asleep when we decided that. <laughs> I was asleep, but I am okay with
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So I uh, love
2: the idea of you guys just making shadow decisions while Tim sleeps. That happens
0: a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'm sleeping most of the waking hours. It's so. the only way
1: to dis- to make decisions.
0: <laughs> it's like what, you, what? What would I expect from them, really? <laughs> to wait until like the two hours between when I wake up and when Tom goes to sleep? Yeah. <laughs> I go to bed early. You do. Like that? Like a couple weeks ago, you went to bed at like seven thirty. That was only because I had to wake up at four. Mm, that's still I don't know how you do it. Yeah. Like you you seem to be able to actually shift around your sleep schedule according to your needs. But I only do it by like like max like 2 or 3 hours. Yeah.
1: Like I I don't do like massive shifts cuz that would kill me.
0: Yeah. Whereas I just sleep whenever I crash and then wake up whenever I wake up. <laughs> Katie, are you like a a night owl or a regular sort of scheduled person how do you operate
1: tell us how you sleep
2: (laughs) oh boy like a rock Mm, Uh, like
0: the rock you come from rock
2: hello there it is but um yeah lately i have been well i've just finished school and i'm on the job hunt okay so my status of super unemployed has allowed me to um take lots of naps so i've been doing this man the other day i fell asleep at 6 p.m. Nice. And slept until 11.
0: No. 11 p.m. or a.m.? P.m. Stayed
2: awake for like an hour then slept again until 7 in the morning which is like 12 (sighs) hours of sleep.
0: Hmm I think I I did just about that same thing like two days ago but I had been asleep for 30 hours or I had been awake for 30 hours prior so it wasn't that weird.
2: Oh, I had no good excuse.
0: <laughs> you just wanted to sleep. I had
2: woken up at like nine at the earliest that day.
1: <laughs> See, that's why I don't nap. Because I find like if I do successfully nap, I'm going to nap for longer than I meant to. And then it's going to throw off my like everything else. You all
2: are making me yawn. I just feel yawn. like there's, there's nothing better than a nap though. I love it. I like burrito myself up in a blanket and put on some like idle sounds, take a little nap.
0: Mm, Idol, Are you, you you sleep with like white noise and like jungle noises and things do you
1: sleep with like like reruns of American Idol playing in the background
2: uh, closer to Tom's theory uh, <laughs> definitely. Um, usually like something crappy that I'm watching on Netflix mm. or like a rerun of RuPaul's Drag Race which is a show I'm shamelessly obsessed with
1: don't um, yeah no, there's no need to have shame for that that's a great show
2: too fun but um lately something that i've been so like i'm not a makeup person per se because i love being asleep and in the morning (laughs) i'm asleep for an extra half hour yeah but um lately i've been watching lots of like beauty gurus on youtube (laughs) and i find that really nice to sleep to because they're always like and then i'm gonna open up the naked two palette and we're going to use lustrous blonde. And it's just like every time, it's just like the most soothing women in the world.
1: I once got described as a
0: lustrous blonde. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you should you should check out, we, we have a friend we did YouTube next up with, Brittany Adams, is that her last name? That's right, yeah. Yeah, Brittany Adams. She's really fun because she's like, She's kind of straddling the worlds of being a makeup guru and being a comedy YouTuber. And she's also like a former Disney Channel teen star Or like family channel, I think. Yeah. Like sitcom star. Um should check her out. I don't I can't yeah. I can't remember what her YouTube channel is. It's I think like, if you just search it's her, like you'll Miss, find her. Miss Britney Adams or something like that, but yeah. I could be wrong.
2: I'm sure if I put her into the Google, um, she'll pop up.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But she's, yeah, she's the only reason I know anything about makeup. Like, I didn't know you do things like highlight the, the corners of your eyes. And it's, it's like, it's all these subtle things that, like, oh.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, my sister is very into makeup. For a while, she had, like, a, a website where she was reviewing makeup. Mm. Okay. And um, she's way into, like, goth culture. Um, We're very different people. Mm. <laughs> as as i guess a preface to that so she god bless her was always trying her very best to teach me about makeup stuff um and it was always like yeah like you need to use a lip liner because it catches the lipstick and stops it from bleeding onto the rest of your face and i was like why are you using two things on your lips what's happening (laughs) but it's definitely something that i have a lot of respect for because it's something that like I just know you need to log the hours to be good at it.
0: Right. Yeah, it's a it's an art form if you're good at it. It's like an art form on your own face. Yeah, definitely. Mm. But yeah, I'm I'm in your camp. Like I still have half a year's worth of contact lenses that I don't wear because I don't want to spend the 10 minutes to put the contact lenses in my eyes every morning. So it's like that that's already too much routine for me.
2: Mm, yeah, I pretty much only wear my contacts for derby Mm. Because a while ago, I got shouldered in the face while I had glasses on. Ooh. And I had a bruise right across my nose and like in the bottoms of both my eyes. So I looked like a total bruiser. Um, yeah. And that was when I decided contacts might be the way to go.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're going to play a full contact sport, you should probably take that literally. Yeah.
0: I re- mm. <laughs> <sighs> Groan. <laughs> I, I really should have worn contacts for when I was playing soccer last year, because what happened the last soccer game that I played was that my glasses went flying, and then I scrambled to get them and was off balance and twisted my leg, and now I don't have an ACL. So, a good, what? it's a good thing to wear glasses. I mean, you do have an ACL. It's just it's torn. Just, it's in two pieces. Two separate pieces. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Does that like get fixed or is it just dead forever? No
0: that you can fix it you have to take you have to like take a graft from one of your tendons and what? like then they they have they like screw it into the different bones and then you have to be on crutches for two months and it's a whole thing so like it it's weird you can like you can live pretty well without it you just can't do any like full contact exercise and stuff um so i've I've just sort of been putting it off because i don't want to be on crutches for two months but probably after i move i'll i'll get it seen too yeah
2: yeah that seems like a long time on crutches
0: yeah yeah it's like it's just your whole knee is healing itself (laughs) i guess
2: like i've never been on crutches no any amount of time no i'm very lucky i've never broken a bone or nothing no sprains
0: there's ways in which crutches are kind of fun. Like you can actually walk faster with them cuz you're using all four, <laughs> well, you're using three functional limbs and like the power of like crutch leverage. So, it's right, fun. I'm you can outpace sure people.
2: like whipping yourself forward using the crutches. And it's yeah. very f- image.
0: I mean,
1: basically he would he would actually just kind of extend them out from his body and spin his arms in a pinwheel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> If you get okay. good, you can do do like a three three legged gallop kind of thing.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah. Get some crutch cart wheels going. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's it's legit, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but you've you said you've never broken anything. Have you like have you had like sprains and twists and stuff?
2: Uh nope. I used to get black eyes a lot.
3: Whoa.
2: Not nothing fights. No. Uh, yeah, from all the street fighting I was doing in the street. Uh, no, I, um, just clumsy. Just, um, uh, like, one time I fell off a wooden swing and sat up, and it came back and smoked me in the face. <laughs> ah, Ooh, no.
3: yeah, that's fun. Yeah,
2: and I came, I came inside because, like, I knew I had hurt myself, <laughs> uh, but I didn't know that I was bleeding, and, like, around your eyes, it's all... I guess very close to the surface, so if you cut it, it like bleeds a lot. Yeah. Mm. So I went inside and I looked at my mom, and she went like sheet white. <laughs> she might have started crying. Like I have, <laughs> I have a memory of like a really visceral reaction from her because she thought I was missing an eye.
3: <laughs> what? Oh no! Wow. But uh,
2: wow. still have both my eyes. That's good. Uh, I just got a really cool green band aid for a couple weeks. Nice. Try not to be too jealous. But. uh... Yeah, no, and then like I would get them from sledding, or um, a couple from sledding actually. Like I sledded into a roadblock, a bench, and a fence on three different occasions.
1: <laughs> you need to stay. I away don't from know sleds.
2: why. I don't know why I was allowed. Like <laughs> it seems like after like the second time, one of my parents would be like, "I'm parenting this. Stop that."
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I wonder like. Because we, I always went sledding as a kid And it was on this like huge golf course hill That It was always icy And people always built like massive ramps At the bottom of it So you would fly like five feet in the air And we would always pr- Pretty much every sledding trip Would end with someone being hurt And then the fun was over Because someone was injured And you'd go home And that was just like how it was And then you go back again next week And do it again <laughs>
2: i think the thing is that no one ever got like for real hurt
0: yeah you kind of right? trust that like, the snow will will dampen the blow somehow
2: yeah because like the amount of times i damaged my face sledding <laughs> it was never like permanent damage right like it was never like a real injury
0: right <laughs> i definitely got a few like wicked head bumps on ice from sledding but I don't know. I don't think I was concussed. Maybe I was. Seems
2: like you turned out fine.
0: Well, maybe, maybe I'm like down from my peak from getting repeatedly hit in the head while sledding, though. If you hadn't bumped your head all those times, you might have won. I Canada might have, have won the smartest, Canada smartest person. <laughs> <laughs> I would have oh, got man, that, that one you. extra word on the opening segment. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I guess I got to be thankful then for your for your sliding disasters.
0: Katie, my sledding has made you who you are. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, dear. What kind of job are you trying to find?
2: Uh, engineering. Mm-hmm. Just Because that's uh, that's what my degree is in. I yeah. did electrical engineering, uh, mostly small electronics and robots. Ooh, so nice. trying to find a job with small electronics or robots.
0: You and I have, like, non-intersecting science skills. Like, circuits were my the bane of my existence. All through, oh, all through it physics. It is my it was, ugh, it
2: was awful. Yeah, see, I went into engineering school with no credits in physics or chemistry. Wow. Because I just found them super confusing, so I didn't do them in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually had to, um, usually in first year of engineering at Mon, you have to take two physics courses. Uh, because as long as you get, um, I think it's a 65 in the first one they let you go on to the second one right. and I got a 64 and I went to talk to this prof and I was like, dude, 1% could I have 1%? And he was like, certainly not. 64 is generous. And we both know it. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, no. So I ended up like having to take an extra physics course that nobody else took no. and, like, was a rough go for the kid, but uh, mm. it turned out fine. Stuck I muddled. To it. Yeah, we do the because really once you get into electrical, there's almost no physics or chem to deal with. Like mm. we don't do a lot of real mm. science after that. Okay. We had one course on um, like waves and magnets and like how light happens.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, it was probably called tell, EM my...
0: waves or something like that. Yeah. I think
1: it was called That's... waves, magnets, and how light happens. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Phys- physics
0: 001. <laughs>
2: Yeah, school is real different in Newfoundland. Uh, (laughs) No, I'm sure it had a much fancier name, and I'm sure if I knew that fancier name, I would have done much better in the course.
0: But How Light Happens is basically just a combination of waves and magnets, so you basically got it. No, How Light Happens is that you flick a switch. That's That's much
2: more related to the things I know how to do, though. Like, if it was that type of How Light Happens course, I would have been fine.
1: Well, that's basically what an electrical engineering course is, right? It's just learning how to flip switches.
2: Yeah, pretty much. You wouldn't. I got fast fingers.
0: Yeah, I mean that's all of computer science too. It's just flipping switches all over the place. <laughs> mm-hmm. A
1: friend of ours did uh, a degree in electrical engineering years ago, uh, and then took like a few years off school to go like learn Japanese in Japan, and then came back and became like a patent lawyer. Mm. And I have no idea if he's used his electrical engineering education since then.
0: I don't know, but I think he lost his job as a patent lawyer. Oh, really? I'm not sure what he's doing now. Oh, fair enough. Just all over the place. I hear
2: an engineering background is really good for patent law.
0: That would make sense, yeah. Mm. I
2: have a friend who's doing like a combo engineering and law degree. Right. And apparently patent law, like if you already know how the design process happens, it's very helpful. That
1: makes sense, and I know a lot of people who do law like get a degree in something else first too. Like it helps yeah, with I think like a admission. Lot of you have to. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think a lot of hiring people more now than previously look for like they're sick of people in their own field, and they end up looking for people who've done degrees in unrelated things. Yeah, like we can teach you law, but at least you know engineering, or hmm. like yeah, it's a little bit. A little bit
1: odd. So basically, we think you should be a lawyer.
2: Yeah. Oh, man. You and my grandpa both. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, he has seven degrees.
0: Of separation? From <laughs> Kevin Bacon?
2: Uh, don't we all? I mean, but... he, he,
0: I think with with you, he probably has, through you, he probably is separated from Kevin Bacon by no more than like four degrees.
2: Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because like I bet Kevin Bacon has met Alan Thicke, and I've met Alan Thicke.
1: I went to prom with Alan Thicke's niece.
2: Oh,
1: so that's my that's connection.
2: Cool.
1: <laughs> I mean, basically, like we we had Hank Green on our podcast, which means that we're two degrees of separation from Barack Obama,
0: who's probably one degree of separation from everybody famous. Do you think Barack probably, Obama's yeah. met Kevin Bacon? Probably. I feel like if I was a powerful person, I'd want to like set up a meeting with Kevin Bacon just just to do it. Yeah. So I could be everybody else's link. So
2: yeah. Mm. A, a good thing. Take to one be. for the team. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what is it that much of a sacrifice to meet Kevin Bacon? Have you met Kevin Bacon? No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I bet it would be a real hassle though. Like I bet he's got a full agenda.
1: Speaking of hassles, I mean Barack Obama knows David Hasselhoff, who probably knows Kevin Bacon, right? Shh. I'm, i
2: think you're just making <laughs> a lot of wild assumptions about who knows kevin bacon you're right? making
1: a lot of
0: assumptions about barack obama i'm making a lot of assumptions about hollywood mm. i just think all it's famous people know big each other room? yeah yeah hollywood is not a city it's just like a cafe everybody hangs out together there's a couch yeah some squares <laughs> <laughs> we're doing some really well, vivid. That
2: that's your bar for the glamorous life—is a couch and some squares.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's what's in cafes: couches and squares.
0: Yeah, date squares. I guess, yeah, that kind no, of thing. don't date squares—they're not fun. Everyone in Hollywood is dating each other. Hollywood right? squares.
2: Yeah. What are you saying that Kevin Bacon is saying Barack Obama? I
0: think I'm... we're saying that Kevin Bacon is a square. I'm saying that Barack Obama no. loves bacon squares and. uh <laughs> Ooh. Leaving at bacon squares? That bacon could be
2: squares. good.
1: Well, like bacon wrap dates are delicious. Date squares are delicious. Mm.
2: Bacon wrap date square.
0: Cheese it. Do you go on a lot of bacon wrap dates? <laughs> you just, <laughs> <laughs> like, you just rap at her about bacon for an <laughs> hour and leave?
2: <laughs> that sounds horrifying.
0: <laughs> I don't know. If, if you went on a date with someone and they just rapped about bacon for an hour and then got up and walked out. Would you have a second date with them?
1: Wait, they drop. They just drop the mic and
0: leave. Yeah.
2: Well, I can't eat red meats.
0: Well, then you would appreciate the wraps all the more. Is perhaps. bacon
1: is bacon a red meat? Is
2: it?
3: I thought
1: yeah, it was it the other white meat.
2: See, this is a common misconception which causes me lots of digestive distress. <laughs> Fun. But um, no, uh, red meat, uh, at least in my case, refers to having come from a mammal. Okay. Because us mammals make our proteins differently. Right. And I'm real bad at digesting them. So, uh, yeah, so anything that, basically anything that used to have fur, anything that was a mammal in its life,
0: huh. Huh.
2: I cannot chow down on.
1: But you're good with, like, chicken, snake, fish, in that order.
0: Yeah, things that are reptiles. Shark.
2: Yeah, those are those are the three things I eat. You got it.
0: <laughs> chicken, snake. <laughs> chicken snakes are, are damn tasty. Probably, my dad ate a python in Brazil. He said it tasted pretty much like chicken.
2: Hmm. We don't have snakes here.
0: What? None of them? You're like, no. you're like a mini Ireland.
2: Like pets, I guess. Probably people have pet snakes, but we don't have snakes or skunks or raccoons. Wait, you don't have skunks? Groundhogs. No.
0: Whoa! Do you Keep want some?
2: Hellcats on the mainland.
0: We we've got a lot of skunks. We could probably give you some. It would be fine. We could give you skunks. When if I was living interested. in
2: Ottawa. When I was living in Ottawa, we had a backyard skunk.
3: Oh, no.
1: It
2: was not not fun. He just lived back there, so we just never went in our backyard.
3: Oh.
0: Uh, mm. And
2: sometimes our friend would, like, park behind our house, and we would have to, like, open the door and peek out and see if the skunk was there, and we had to close it real fast.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of skunks in NDG, particularly, like, in, yeah. in this neighborhood. I always see them walking home late at night. Yeah.
2: I haven't after a long day of skunk work. Like... <laughs> yeah, <you
0: know. laughs> yeah, they're like coming home to their skunk families, briefcases slung over their shoulders. They got to bring home the skunk bread, yeah, the skunk bacon. <laughs> I wonder if you. Now, I guess you also couldn't eat skunk bacon, but I wonder if skunk bacon is a thing. Ugh. Hmm.
2: I, I mean, like, you could probably eat a skunk. Yeah. yeah,
0: I wonder
1: if, like, if you got a skunk with its stink glands removed, and it was a particularly good skunk would it still smell like a skunk? Because when you get good weed, it doesn't still smell like a skunk. <laughs> it's a bit of a, a... Weed doesn't have stink glands, though. I mean,
2: but, uh, neither I, does I think, a
1: skunk if you take its stink glands <laughs> out. I, mean, I
2: think then it would just be a weird cat.
0: Yeah, I mean, people have these little these, these, uh, I these mean, skinks, of, skinks are also a thing. Skink, skink skunks, yeah. What's a skink? It's like a little white weasel. It's like a little skunk. It's like a mean little weasel. Because a skunk is kind of like a weasel too. It's just stinky. A stinky, stinky skunk. It's a stink weasel. So a skink is uh, okay. This is getting a skink is a
1: tiny skunk.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think I know of people who have skunks as pets. Like not personally, but yeah, without the stink. Good conversation. That was a that was a noise, Katie. You made a noise. What you doing I apologize. Over there?
2: I um I've been fidgeting. <laughs> I uh I found a it's called a bearing tool, but it's for taking bearings out of uh wheels for my roller skates. Mm. But um I've been playing with it because I am a I guess I'm a I'm a bit of a nervous mover. Oh yeah. I like to yeah. always be moving around. I do that too. I've been
0: like turning around my phone on the table all episode. Yep.
2: Well, like one thing I'm brutal for is when you finish engineering in Canada, you get an iron ring right it's like a ring you wear to show how fancy you are yeah, but um I'm not used to wearing rings, and I just play with it all the time now, mm-hmm. and it's like it must look like I'm never paying attention to anybody.
0: aren't you sort of supposed to play with the iron ring though? like you're supposed to tap it on the table to like remind yourself of your engineering oaths.
2: I think it's supposed to happen like by accident though mm-hmm. like I think you're supposed to just be like while you're writing. But like now, everyone uses computers, so.
0: So you need iron. You need to replace it with like iron fingertips, so that all your typing is really clickety clacky. Like 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 what you use for a dulcimer. Hmm?
2: Like those weird finger picks for like a.
0: Yeah, maybe. Or just like, like dip your fingers in molten iron and then come out with, iron claws.
2: Plus, I could do so many crimes because I wouldn't have fingerprints anymore. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's That's true. That's your, when when you become an engineer, you become immune from all crime prosecutions. You're free to commit all the felonies. Way to think outside the box. Yeah, it's the job of an engineer.
2: (laughs) Just crimes? (laughs) Think
0: outside the law. That's what makes you good lawyers, too.
2: I would have expected the opposite of that. I would have thought a good lawyer would be really good at thinking inside the law.
0: No, the job of the lawyer is to change the law to suit their whims. Mm. Ugh, scary job. Just got to argue the right case, and then all of case law is different. Hmm. A lot of responsibility. Yeah, I guess a good lawyer has got to be able to
1: think like a criminal so that they can like figure out how to justify things, right?
0: Yeah. Sure. It's like, Your Honor, he really needed this TV. Look, he stole some bread,
1: but he had a good reason. His sister's kid was dying.
2: <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know what bread's going to do about that.
0: To, to, to save a dying kid from starvation? Seems fairly self, self-explanatory to me.
2: Like a one-time bread, though?
0: Yeah, like, it, it well, you'll need to steal more bread the next day. It's not a long-term solution. Yeah, it's true. I don't know what John was. It it's like a teach a man to fish was. situation. The, the, what I'm not sure about, did his sister's kid survive after he got put in a prison colony for 20 years? I'd assume not, right? We'd probably see the sister in the sun when he got out. Yeah, and, like... He d- they didn't even get that piece of bread, presumably. Right, because got alone, arrested. Let alone stolen bread for the next 20 years. Huh.
2: Sad, guys. Real yeah, sad. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's a real downer. Pretty miserable. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't be a French peasant is the moral of that story. I think that's the moral of most stories. Mm.
2: Yeah, it's kind of my motto.
1: Yeah? How, how have uh, you been m- doing at that?
2: Uh, we're 22 years strong on it so far. Nice. Like, yeah. I learned French. So we were in the danger zone for a little while. But
0: uh <laughs> It's so funny. Actually, hard. I
2: guess on my on my first work term, I was living in Gatineau, like just on the Quebec border from right. Ottawa. And I didn't get paid for the first like two months of my work term just because of like paperwork problems.
3: Uh
1: oh.
2: So I guess at that time I was kind of a French peasant. Right. Yeah, that,
1: that's that's sketch that broke your streak. So a I was little eating bit. like
2: a lot of spaghetti. Mm.
1: Doesn't that make you an Italian peasant?
2: No, but I was in Gatineau, where everyone was speaking French.
0: So are you what you eat, or are you what you do? That might be the question for the ages.
2: (laughs) I'd like to think I'm what I do, but only because I eat a lot of, like, junk food. (laughs) And I'd like to think that I am not junk.
0: Mm. But are you junk food? Like, I wouldn't want to eat you. Rude. I think it would be bad for me.
2: I'm a little offended, but okay. <laughs>
0: I apologize. I, I, I take it back.
2: Come on, I'm on a no red meat diet. That's I'm probably true. like low in fat. That's like basically
0: uh, like being grain fed. Yeah. It's like, it's true. You don't want to eat a mammal who's already eaten mammals. Yeah. Mm. You eat a yeah. mammal that's been raised entirely on a snake and chicken diet.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll have you know I'm a gourmet food to cannibals, actually.
1: Yeah. I think if you were well prepared and like ethically slaughtered, I'd be willing to eat you.
2: What do we think counts as ethical slaughter for a human being?
1: I think voluntary. Huh. You mm, yeah, have guess. to agree to it. Like um, I have
2: to be like for the good of the podcast.
1: Yeah, there'd have to be an imam present. Uh and also <laughs> um what's I'm blanking on the name of the guy who hangs out to make things kosher. I do not I I no I don't It's not a rabbi it's like it's a it's a very specific word but you'd have to be. I got
2: very confused for a second. And I thought the first thing you had said would there would need to be a mom present?
3: <laughs> well that too. Like
1: we, my
2: mom would have to be there? I'm that's like I think it. that makes it way worse. Well,
1: you need three witnesses, right? You need your mom to make sure that there's a family member present. You need an imam so that it's halal, and you need a uh, the Jewish you th- guy. I thought to make it, it would kosher. come to you this time. I know. I was hoping if I just started talking, I'd remember the word. Mm. Yeah.
2: Sometimes that's all you can do, though. You just gotta roll into things and hope it's gonna happen. That's it.
1: Mm-hmm. I once, uh, in fact, I once saw Easy Action do a show where uh, Mark couldn't remember the word tumbleweed, and spent like thirty <laughs> seconds explaining what a tumbleweed was without ever using the word. And Brent just stood there refusing <laughs> to give it to him.
2: <laughs> that sounds more fun than the word tumbleweed, anyway.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's those those
0: plants, what
1: roll? Those little rolling balls of desert garbage. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, Katie's probably an okay person to cannibalize if you're going to cannibalize somebody. Because number one, there's the no red meat thing. Mm. Number two, she's been properly tenderized by a combination of swings and roller derby. So Mm. it's like, yeah, you could do worse. Yeah.
1: Number three, like like living by the sea probably helps with like, you know, good like living
2: conditions.
0: You're like well salted and full of iodine. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, and that that means it'll preserve better too if it's salted that's
0: yeah. it we'd, we'd have to it's like, like brine <laughs> this podcast is weird
2: <laughs> sorry i'm making your podcast weird <laughs> kind of my <a> thing
0: <laughs> it's like i mean if you're okay with it it's just that here we are you know sitting in a room talking about eating you and you're all the way over there See, it feels like a bit of a rude way to treat a guest. Well,
1: that's why we can talk about it, because she's not in the room. If Mm. she was in the room and we were talking about, like, ethically slaughtering her and eating her, she'd be like, oh, crap, i got to make sure my mom's not here, because this is getting too real. It would be a little threatening. Well, yeah,
2: because, like, I'm at least several thousand kilometers and an hour and a half away from you guys. Can
1: we talk about that? What's up with the half-hour time zone? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, it's silly. I how does see. that happen? Who decided that? Who thought, hey, see all these time zones we're making that are an hour apart? How about this one that's half an hour?
0: We're just going to make every CBC program have to say 8.30 in Newfoundland yeah. just for the hell of it.
2: Oh, see, it's even better here because on CBC they'll say like, starting at eight thirty, eight o'clock in most of Labrador.
0: <laughs> Weird. Um, Wait, so they, they actually, that's really odd that they, they have... If they have different announcers giving the time in different ways, then why do we need to hear what time it is for you in Newfoundland?
2: Uh, because national programming mm. um, is not recorded here, but like the local stuff. Right. So like pretty much anything on TV, um, will say 830 in Newfoundland. Mm, yeah, But anything on like our radio or like our local news we'll do it the other way. But yeah, I'm not sure how exactly we ended up with our own time zone. But I highly recommend googling it, like for a picture, because it's drawn in a squiggly line around the coast of the island.
0: Yeah. You don't want to go like through the middle of it. That would be way worse.
2: But it's like, guys, why why did that need to happen? What happened that Newfoundland was like, "Hey, We're not part of Canada. We're our own place. Give us a time zone.
0: Well, I think like my personal opinion is that time zones as a whole are kind of a dumb idea. Like we should just like couldn't everybody just agree? Like, oh yeah, it's midnight is at six o'clock in Canada, or like, but it's at nine in the morning. It's like nine a.m. somewhere else. It's like oh, so like you save numbers every. Because yeah. you you
2: have like you have to do three, the conversion
0: yeah. anyways with the time zone stuff. So hmm. if you if you just grew up in a place and you're like, all right, well the sun sets at three p.m. and it would just I don't know, it makes more sense to me.
2: Hmm. Hmm. I'd never thought of it that way.
0: Yeah,
1: but. I mean that that'd be that'd be odd, but I guess it would really just be odd because we're used to it being the way that it currently is.
0: Yeah. Cause you think about going to a different place and being in a different different time zone. Right. But you could go to a different place and think, "Oh, morning is at this time of day."
1: Right. Yeah, and that'd be that'd be fun because then you could have little conversations with people from other time zones being like, "So like, what time does the sunset where you live?" Yeah. Hmm. Which is a super fun conversation.
0: Yeah, if you
2: Can I tell you guys something that my English teacher said in grade 10 that I've never stopped thinking about? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so this is only like sort of related to this, but anytime I start thinking about like time zones and how time works, this conversation pops back into my head. Okay. Because he had this idea for instead of the days always coming in like the order that they come in, there being an office somewhere where they spin a wheel every morning. (gasps) And like the seven days are put on the wheel and then whatever day you land on, that's what day it is. I love that. Why and, <laughs> i I think it was an idea for like a short story he wanted to write or something but I think about that probably at least once or twice a month and it's been a long time since I was in grade 10
0: <laughs> just you you and like it, sort of imagine what it would be like to live in that world
2: well it's like imagine waking up and turning on the radio being like man Wednesday again. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it'd be kind of exciting too. It's like it's like a lottery. Like you every morning you wake up, you're like, Oh, I sure do hope it's the day I want it to be. And then when it's not, you're depressed.
0: It's like when you're a kid and what? there's a snow day, but you're not sure if it's gonna be a snow day, so you have to wake up real early and listen to the radio. Yeah.
2: Or like a regatta roulette is a is a very Newfoundland term. But um there's an event here called the Regatta. Uh for mainlanders it might be called the Regatta. But um Regatta.
1: It's a boat thing.
2: It is a boat thing, yeah. It's a race of uh, those long boats that people row together. Mm. Uh,
3: Canoes,
1: rowboats, also... kayaks, dragon boats—kind
2: boats. of none of those things. Like you know what? <laughs> like a rowing team, like yeah. in the Olympics.
1: Yeah, row boats gently down the street. I think
2: of a rowboat as being like a dinghy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Rowing, anyway. Official rowing team rowing boats. William Rowboat Hamilton. Yes.
2: Okay. <laughs> but, um, yes, yeah, so there's this event, and it's like um, we get the day off, and it's the first Wednesday in August. But if it's too windy, it gets moved a day later. So on Tuesday evening, everybody will get hammered and say that they're playing regatta roulette. Because if the regatta goes ahead the next day, you've won and you don't have to go to work.
1: Oh, no. But if it doesn't, <laughs> then you're hungover at work.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So it's. Oof. Yeah. And it's like a fun Newfoundland tradition.
0: <laughs> so, People also,
2: I guess, play snow day roulette, but. Yeah. Regatta roulette is more established.
0: So in this fictional universe, you could just play, you could just be doing that every day. Like, and then. I
2: think that's a lifestyle issue, though.
0: Yeah. And then five days out of the week, you'll be wrong. And also, you'll be well, an No, alcoholic. there's no guarantee. Yeah. But on average. There's
2: no guarantee that five days out of the week, you would be wrong.
0: Well, five you days out of Saturdays. Five days out of every seven
1: Man. averaged over the course of your lifetime. Twelve Saturdays in a row would really suck for the Jews. You <laughs> <laughs> just couldn't leave your house, can't do anything, can't turn on the lights, can't even check to see if it's not a Saturday because you have to keep your electronics off.
2: Whoa.
0: Yeah,
1: that's a problem. Yeah you'd literally die eventually
0: people would have to like deliver hand handwritten notes to your door to tell you whether it was the sabbath again
2: oh man amish people would never know what day it was
0: (laughs) i mean poor people would never know what day it was (laughs) but i feel
2: like if you're like in the city you'd pick up on it right like you could say like hey what day is it like when people ask you what time it is (laughs)
0: like it's yeah i suppose so what would the But then what's the point of there being, like, different days? Just chaos. Like, you really, you can reduce this wheel to two sections, like a small pie that has weekend written on it and a big pie that has weekday written on it. Well, not if there's, like, like Tuesday night bingo. Fine. Or, like, wing night. (laughs) (laughs) I guess there's a lot of things I haven't considered about this scenario. (laughs) Think about wing night.
2: Yeah, and I think that's what I find so fascinating about it, and why it's been, like, planted and growing in my brain for at least seven years. Uh, is, like, it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> There's no reason the world would be that way, and yet, I find it so fascinating. Because <laughs> also, like, who's in that office?
0: And when do they decide when to come into work? Yeah. Because oh.
2: like, if you don't, like, maybe in this world, they also don't do time zones. So is it, like, decided at 12? Is it when the sun comes up where the office is?
1: If they don't spin the wheel, the wheel does that mean that the next day is just whatever the next day would have been? Or maybe. Or is there no next day? Like, maybe that's the trick is that, like, anytime it hits a Saturday, you get a Sunday the next day so that the guy can take a day off work. And so every day he spins the wheel hoping for a Saturday, so he gets two days
3: off.
2: Ooh.
0: Mm. Or maybe cool. they keep spinning the wheel because if ever you didn't spin the wheel, there would be no tomorrow. Uh. Is that a song? <laughs> Probably. I don't know.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, man. Well, Katie, thanks so much for hopping on with us on the Skype. Sorry, I, oh, my throat is like me. closed up right now for some reason. One moment.
3: <laughs> Ple- <laughs>
1: pleasant. <clears throat> That's better. <laughs> Katie, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Oh, thanks! Uh, thanks for having me. It was a real, real good laugh. Lots yeah, of fun. this is
1: fun. Yeah, I'm glad you were able to do this last minute too. It was uh, good timing.
2: The uh, the perks of being extra unemployed.
1: Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, um, uh, yeah. Where can they find you on the internet if people want to find you?
2: Oh boy! You got uh, anything to plug? I have a Twitter account that I never tweet on. Nice. Katie Warren underscore. Nice. Um, geez, what else? Oh, I'm on Instagram as Cold Warren. That's my derby name. Nice. Yeah,
0: yeah, I enjoy that one. I occasionally see your pictures.
2: Heck yeah, I occasionally see your pictures.
0: <laughs> Very occasionally, because I haven't posted on Instagram in like two months.
2: No, that's fair. <laughs> but that just makes it more exciting when you do.
0: Yeah, and then I, I'm I wait until people can get the Timbley has posted for the first time in a long time. It's <laughs> a good notification. Yeah. Yeah, well... Um... You guys,
1: that's the end of our show for this week. Remember to go rate and review the show on iTunes. It's the best way for us to grow. Why haven't you done it yet? Uh, share this episode with a friend that you think is attractive but is not your type romantically. Maybe it'll, you know, strike up some fun times for you guys. You can, you can chat about those things. Uh, if you're a first-time listener and you liked what you heard, hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcast app. Uh, we're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher whole Bunch of different places you can find us. All uh, right, guys, there's a lot of awesome links in the description of this episode like T Public and Speak Pipe. Click on them, see for yourself. You can follow us on Twitter at Down With Talking and individually at Tom's latini and Acapella Science and follow Katie at Katie Warren. Underscore.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Katie, talk to you later. Bye. Bye bye.
3: Woo.